When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. I have no explanation. I don't know why you guys are looking at me in the studio. What do you want from me? What, what, what did Mike F say in next Friday? Players mess up. Players mess up. I messed up. I made a mistake. I, I, I took the cowboy slander a little bit too far in saying that I trust Dak less than I trust Daniel Jones. I, I was wrong. What do you want me to say? Was I Listen, I believed in what I saw from Brian Dable last year, NFL Coach of the Year. I wanted to believe in Daniel Jones when they gave him a $40 million a year contract this offseason. I said, you know what? New GM Joe Shane, he knows what he's doing. They got a good program. Daniel Jones, first time he's going to be in the same offense the following season. He's going to build on what happened yes, uh, last year. And I couldn't be more wrong. I couldn't be more wrong. The thing that he built on was Dak Prescott's winning streak over the New York Giants, which is now at 11. And it makes it, what, five straight wins for the Cowboys over the Giants? I mean, that's just embarrassing at this point. It's not even a rivalry. In a rivalry, the other team has to win every now and again. <laughs> that, that's not happening right now for the New York Giants. And I got to say this, after last night's game, how can we not look at Daniel Jones' contract as a mistake? How can we, I, I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. But it was so bad, and he had no answers. And that's the scariest place to be because we're supposed to presume that the talent around him has been upgraded this offseason, and it certainly didn't look like he was able to take advantage of that in the least bit. He is Chris Canty. She is Michelle Smallman. I am Evan Cohen. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN <laughs> Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN. You listen on Sirius XM Channel 80 and all across the country on our great ESPN stations as we are discussing the Cowboys' destruction of the Giants 40 to nothing, plus getting your most unsportsmanlike and sportsmanlike moments of the weekend. So the best and the worst, sportsmanlike and unsportsmanlike of the weekend, um, that you guys can chime in on at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, like Geno Smith caught on camera during a game, Seahawks and the Rams, great win by the Rams, when Aaron Donald's running at him and him screaming, Oh my God! Which I mean, is it that is unsportsmanlike and sportsmanlike simultaneously? Because Smalls, how do you not do that when Aaron Donald's running at you? I was just going to say, is that not the appropriate response? I'm surprised we haven't heard more quarterbacks screaming "Oh my God" when Aaron Donald is running at them full throttle. Daniel Jones was probably thinking "Oh my God" when Micah Parsons and that Dallas Cowboys defense was attacking him all night long. Yeah. 23 pressures. Oh my God. 23 pressures on Daniel Jones last night. Seven sacks, five of them given up by the right guard and the right tackle. That was absolutely embarrassing what Mark Glowinski did, the right guard for the New York Giants, because he was the fish last night for the Dallas Cowboys defensive line. And what I mean by the fish is the guy that you circle to say, hey, I want to line up over this dude so I can pad my stats, whether it was Chauncey Golston or whether it was Osa Digizua or Michael Parsons. Those guys just took turns lining up over Mark Glowinski, and he kept giving it up, and he was giving lookout blocks for Daniel Jones. Hey, buddy, look out. 
Too late. It's a sack. It was absolutely embarrassing what that Giants offensive line did last night. And that was supposed to be a group that was improving based on what we saw last year. And how much do you factor that into your evaluation on what you saw of Daniel Jones last night? You're wondering about the contract. It's, you said you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but he certainly was under duress last night. Yeah, but everything can't be perfect, especially if I'm paying you $40 million a year. You're a top 10 paid quarterback for a reason. You can help us overcome the deficiencies that we have. You can mask all of the smelly things that we might have going on from a personnel standpoint or from a scheme standpoint. And Daniel Jones couldn't do that last night. Now, the first drive, they were very methodical in how they marched the ball downfield, but how did that drive in? Ball security with Daniel Jones, fumbled a snap, ends up having to settle for a field goal. Field goal gets blocked, kicked six by the Cowboys, and it was all downfield from there. The first two touchdowns the Cowboys scored were on defense and special teams, and it happened in the first quarter. It was 16-0 before you could blink. And at that point, against that pass rush, you're not going to be able to throw your way out of that situation. But when I'm paying my quarterback, when I'm paying Daniel Jones, I'm expecting him to at least give us a chance. And last night, DJ didn't do that. It's very odd to think on a third and seven from the Dallas 13 in the first quarter on the first drive of the game was the actual turning point of the game. But that, it was. The fumble that set him back to put him in field goal range or to make them kick a field goal. Yeah. Ended up being the turning point of the game because the kick gets blocked, it's returned for a touchdown, and then all hell breaks loose after that. That's when that game, literally looking back on it, ended last night. And and I never thought the Giants were going to be that good this year. I thought the Cowboys would be. I think the most interesting thing, we said it last week, people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. We did some kind of predictions in the 9 a.m. Eastern hour, I want to say, on Friday about the season. We said, okay, what happens if, or imagine if, and one of the things I threw at you guys was the idea of Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley potentially getting traded, right? You're talking about the Daniel Jones contract. I don't think the Giants have any interest in trading Saquon Barkley, but I can tell you this, with the injury in Baltimore yesterday, with J.K. Dobbins, the running back, there are going to be teams that the Giants stink this year. They're going to call the Giants about Saquon Barkley knowing he's on a one-year deal. I'm not saying they're trading him. I just think you have to add another team to that running back conversation now in Baltimore. Yeah, but if we get to week eight and the Giants are you know two or three games under 500 and considering what we expect the Philadelphia Eagles to be and what the Cowboys have shown themselves to be after mm-hmm. one week, then why wouldn't you trade him? Yo, you have to consider it. You have yeah. to, no, not have to consider it. You have to trade him. You've got to get something for him because he could potentially walk in free agency. What are you going to do? Franchise tag him for $12 million, $13 million, which is what the number would be? No, you're not going to do that. So you might as well move off of him, get something in return for him where you can continue to build your program with this new regime. That would be the only thing that would make sense. But I will say this. If it gets to that point where this is that bad, I I I I just don't know how much confidence we would have with the Giants continuing to move forward with Daniel Jones as their quarterback long term. We know that he's got the next two years in the bag because of the way the contract is structured. But maybe, just maybe, it's not too early for the Giants to start thinking about life after Daniel Jones if they're forced to go into tank mode by the time we get to the deadline. Wow. Saying that after one week and one contract, it went the big contract in the offseason is unbelievable. But listen, you lose 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing in the opening game of the season. That is unsportsmanlike. All right, let's get some more sportsmanlike and unsportsmanlike moments from the weekend at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Benjamin in South Carolina watching on ESPN U. What's up, Benjamin? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Monday. Morning. Uh, the most unsportsmanlike thing over the weekend is that the J.K. Dobbins injury, uh, the guy had just rehabbed, just gotten back. It, he didn't deserve it, but uh, 
I think the Ravens are still Super Bowl bound, even without J.K. Yeah, um, and thanks for the call. It's not crazy to think Ravens Super Bowl. We're going to get into the AFC North in just a couple of minutes, but it is not crazy because one of the things that we've said about Lamar Jackson is he doesn't have to be better than he's been. He just has to be what he's been. Mm -hmm. And if they have better talent around him, say Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., and obviously they have to upgrade the running back position, there's certainly something to that for sure with the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk to John in Florida watching on ESPN2. What's up, John? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, I heard a funny, funny line yesterday during the uh, Dolphins-Chargers game. Uh, of course, uh, Hill was getting behind the DBs all, all game long, but Kevin Harlan said Hill was fast as a hiccup. That was one of the funny things I heard yesterday. Fast as a and hiccup. That's a good line. Fast as a hiccup. And the other thing that I wanted to say was, on Sportsmanlike, it's just before half with two seconds to go, why J.C. Jackson would create a pass interference and allow the Dolphins to come down with a zero left before halftime. You can't, of course, can't end on halftime, you know, on a, on a penalty and give them a field goal. And, of course, they win by two. Yeah, I mean, I had that in our group chat. I mean, the DPI by J.C. Jackson is unacceptable, and you paid that guy, what, $80 million in free agency two years ago? I mean, that's not exactly what you would expect a player of that ilk um, to do in that situation, and he sets up three points, and you end up losing by two. Yeah, I mean, it's that is an embarrassing moment by that Chargers defense, and I think it's one of those things that speaks to our lack of confidence in Brandon Staley. I hate to pin a player mishap on the head coach, but when the head coach's background is on the defensive side of the ball and the defense ends up giving up 36 points, and oh, by the way, you have that situation play out in end-of-half situation, it's completely, completely unacceptable. Uh, some tweets on this. We'll get back to your calls in a second. At Jay Harris, uh, Jay underscore Harris, too. Most unsportsmanlike thing for the weekend is what you guys are saying about Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott on the same tier. Then you said Jalen Hurts, the clear-cut number one quarterback in the NFC. No disrespect to Hurts, but he literally had the same season. Dak had his rookie year. Listen, if you want to argue Dak versus Her- uh, Purdy, you can argue that. How you can argue against Jalen Hurts right now is ridiculous. I know he wasn't great yesterday. Guy just took a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's number one in the NFC. Dak Stop. wasn't in the MVP conversation this rookie year. Stop it. That's revisionist. Dak had a great rookie year, he but not MVP. Good, he had a good rookie year, but, I mean, the MVP on that team was Ezekiel Elliott. That was the guy that wanted to – I, I, just, I just don't understand. He had an awful fumble yesterday. Awful. Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, bad. terrible, terrible fumble. I mean, Jalen Hurts had 35 touchdowns and single-digit turnovers. Can we stop it? That's what he did last year. Stop it. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. In he would have won the In everybody's world except for Cowboys fans, apparently. Yeah. Chris in North Carolina listening on 99.9, the fan in Carolina. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? What's up? Uh – so my unsportsmanlike for the weekend is uh, Team USA losing in the Bronx. Good one. Good to one. Canada, to Canada. That's bad. And, and That's bad. Brooks grinding them. Yeah, 39 points. 39 points for Dylan Brooks for Team Canada, who everybody thought he wouldn't be in the league this year, which was crazy. The guy, I understand that he had some problems, obviously, in Memphis. Guy can play. Houston gave him too much money, I would say, but he was awesome. And the United States not meddling is just utterly ridiculous. That This whole group is not going to be back there when the Olympics no, actually happen. No, no, no. But they still should have performed better. I mean, Dennis Schroeder winning the World Games MVP is Hilarious. not something I saw coming. i got to be honest with you. Um, let's get another one in terms of unsportsmanlike moment. Brad the Builder, not to be con- confused with Bob the Builder, I guess, mm. saying Lions fans should be miserable over love having one good game against a terrible Bears defense is a terrible take. We took down Kansas City at home. We are not miserable. We don't care about love having one game. All we're saying is... 
If Jordan Love becomes that dude, the Packers never have a lull at quarterback. Yeah. Ever. But doesn't that feel like the biggest hurdle for the Lions to win the NFC North right now? The Packers. The Packers? Yeah. Isn't that the biggest? I mean, so that's what we're talking about. Like, you thought there would be this fall off because of a learning curve that Jordan Love was going to have to go through. And it doesn't feel like it's going to be a learning curve for him. It's going to be a learning curve for NFC North defenses because that good is, that dude is pretty good at football. Yeah. Uh, one more here. Jackie hey. Larber tweets at Unsports ESPN. I hate Bama, but to say Saban is done after one loss, the most unsportsmanlike take I've heard so far. Yeah, okay. Saban and, and the rest of the SEC has caught up to what he's been able to do. I mean, a lot of the, the things that he's been able to do in terms of recruiting and in terms of being able to sell guys on their prospects of going to the NFL, that's all well and good. But when you sprinkle in NIL money now yeah. and I can get paid in college, I don't have to wait to get paid in the NFL. I can get paid now, but guess what I can't do? get NIL money when I'm not on the field. So why am I going to wait behind five-star prospect after five-star prospect that Nick Saban has in the coffers when I can go to another SEC program, play on TV, and get paid? That's what's happening. NIL has completely changed. NIL and the transfer portal Mm -hmm. have completely changed the landscape of college football, creating more parity, and other teams have been able to close the gap to Alabama. It's certainly recency bias because we're coming off of a, a Texas victory over Alabama. But I guess for me, I'm, I'm framing it this way. When's the last time that you felt like Alabama was beatable? Because for so many years, you were just like, oh, it's a guaranteed Alabama victory, even, no matter what the opponent was. And now you have to think twice about that. When's the last time we had to wonder what the hell was going on with the quarterback position at Alabama? I mean, think about it. I mean, you got Tyler Buckner, Ty Simpson, and Jalen Milrow. You got three quarterbacks, and you got no quarterback. Before that, you were in the Mercedes-Benz of quarterbacks, whether it was Jalen Hurts or Mac Jones or Tua. You had all of these dudes, and now and Bryce Young, the first overall pick last year. Now what do you have? Yeah, you had you some, Sunday you players. You don't know. You don't all right, know. I'm going on the record right now. They'll be in the college football playoff. <laughs> I believe in Saban. They're going to the college football playoff. Why are you looking at me like that? Coming up, did one team put their division on notice? We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. 
NFC, or excuse me, AFC North, a fascinating division. We're taking more of your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on the most sportsmanlike and unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend. Like Ross Tucker, who's a phenomenal broadcaster, great guy, um, was on the CBS broadcast, and he said that Taysom Hill is maybe the most talented, one of the most talented NFL players ever. I understand what Ross meant. Mm-hmm. Because he meant versatile ability to do a lot of things, but that blew up the internet for a little bit when Ross said that. Maybe an unsportsmanlike moment for Ross yesterday. What do you think? You saw it all over the internet, that's for sure. You did. That was all over the place. I get what he was saying. I mean, how many guys could play quarterback and tight end and and up back and everything all at once, fullback, etc.? The AFC North is really interesting right now because the Browns had a dominant performance in their victory 24-3 over Cincinnati. Baltimore won 25-9, but had so many injuries all across the board yesterday. And Pittsburgh got annihilated, absolutely annihilated by the San Francisco 49ers. So one team in the AFC North. You had to pick Smalls, one team. Which team stood out to you positively or negatively yesterday the most? I would say the Cleveland Browns on both sides of the ball. The defense was outstanding. They pressured Joe Burrow the entire day. They were very disruptive. And we had questions about Deshaun Watson. He looked like he is closer to the version that the Browns paid for than what we saw for the final games of the season last year. And the ground game was outstanding again with Nick Chubb. The Browns, to me, really uh, made a statement yesterday. To me, I mean, the Browns clearly were best in class in the AFC North, but I still have belief that the Baltimore Ravens are going to find their footing. Like, this is the first time out with that new offense. Lamar Jackson said he was rusty because he didn't play a whole lot. Uh, not a lot of live reps in that offense that Todd Munkin is, is rolling out. But they had the perfect opponent for week one with that offense, and that would be the Houston Texans yeah. because that, that's a soft place to land in terms of figuring things out. And it felt like the Baltimore Ravens were playing with their food for the first two or three quarters of that ball game, but you saw that that defense was able to take control of things and set up the offense to have success in that second half. So I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are still going to be the best team and win the AFC North, but that offense has a ways to go. Um, it's clearly a learning curve for Lamar. You know, you said something very interesting. Why do people play with their food? Just eat it, right? I mean, you're saying playing with your food. It's put in front of you. I, I can't wait. If I have food in front of me, I'm going to eat it right away. Yeah. Right? You're going to yeah, play with I'm, your food? I'm, no, I'm with you. I think the Baltimore Ravens offense has a long ways to go, though. They've got to figure some things out. Yeah, don't it play with your food. Great. It wasn't great yesterday, and J.K. Dobbins getting hurt didn't help the matter. And then, of course, Marcus Williams on the defensive end, he's hurt. So they're going to have to find ways to be able to navigate those injuries. But I have confidence in Eric DaCosta that he'll figure things out. And like you said earlier, if a couple of teams fall out of it, if Jonathan Taylor becomes available, Saquon Barkley potentially becomes available, Baltimore is not above making an in-season move to improve their team. They just did it last year with Roquan Smith. And look at how that defense is taking shape. Roquan Smith yesterday was an animal, by the way. 16 tackles, a sack, a couple of TFLs. Just all over the field, unbelievable. But they patch up their team however they need to. They're not. They're fearless. I mean, yeah. that because it's still even though he doesn't run it, it's still an Ozzie Newsom organization, yeah. right? It, they're fearless in that regard in doing that stuff. I'm fascinated by Cincinnati because remember, Cincinnati didn't start off great last year either, right? And this is kind of their thing. Like, all right, we can we can kind of hang around a little bit and just be fine after that. But that division is a difficult division. If you're going to tell me theoretically, a Mike Tomlin coach team may be the worst team in the division. You know you're playing in a really good division yeah. Yeah, because good even though they were awful yesterday, they could start one and five. I still think they're going to end up with a winning record. It's Mike Tomlin. He never do- he's never had a losing record in his entire career in the NFL. 
He's known as a top three coach in the league, and I'd still argue that he's extremely underrated with how great he's been over the course of time. All right, let's get more from you guys on the sportsmanlike and unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend. Michael in Virginia listening on 104.3. What's up, Michael? Hey, how you guys doing? Um, thanks for having me. First of all, the, the, the one thing I think is the most unsportsmanlike moment is you guys coming down with Daniel Jones. And this is why I'm a Cowboy fan, but here we go. The offensive line couldn't block. The receivers are dropping passes. Uh, his coach was standing on the sideline, didn't have a clue what he was doing, and the boy's running for his life. So to me, that's the most unsportsmanlike conduct, you guys. Well, it's fair. I guess you can come at us all you want. That's great. We love it. Um, I think that if you're critical of Daniel Jones today, as CC specifically has been, I think you lost 40 to nothing. I mean, it's an odd day to defend. The, I don't think the Giants would defend the Giants today. Yeah, and Daniel Jones' receivers only had two drops last night. So let's not blow that out of proportion, right? Like the drops wasn't what killed him. It was the turnovers. He was targeting Darren Waller, threw it to Stephon Gilmore. The botched snap early on on that first drive, which led to the kick six off the block field goal. Like those are the mistakes that Daniel Jones had that hurt the Giants chances of being able to compete with the Cowboys. Now, if they don't have that bot snap, if they don't have to settle for a field goal that eventually gets blocked on the first possession, who knows how that game turns out. But that one play set the tone for what it would be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it was a route by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, as far as the quarterback being under the rest, I will admit that it is hard for a quarterback to do his job when the offensive line can't keep him upright. But I remember once upon a time, Joe Burrow being sacked nine times in a playoff game. And he won the damn game. So it can happen. A good quarterback in a big spot can overcome a bad offensive line. That was last night. And it's not as if Daniel Jones didn't know that there was going to be pressure from Michael Parsons and company. He was going to have to find a way to operate around it. And he didn't. And that's my biggest criticism of him. And if he can't find ways to be a force multiplier, to play above the X's and O's when he's going up against superior competition on the opposite side of the ball, then why are you paying him all that money? Why? Well, it's one game, and they have the Cardinals next week, so there's no greater <laughs> medicine than that. You say that, you say that tongue-in-cheek. The Arizona Cardinals were a tough out for the Commanders. You can't go ahead and they assume were. that that's going to be a win for the New York Giants the way they played last night. That was another surprise from yesterday. I was, su- yeah. I was surprised that game was so close. Yeah. I wasn't. I, I have no belief like CeCe does in the Washington Commanders. He does. Uh, say it ain't so, uh, I will not go. All the small things coming up next. <laughs> For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPNU, ESPN app, and all of our great stations across the country, along with... 
Michelle Smallman, Smalls, all the small <laughs> things, and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Cece? Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm getting a lot of smoke on X from Giants fans, and I just want Giants fans to know that I wanted the Giants to win last night. I actually picked the Giants plus three and a half. I was expecting a much better version of them. It's not like I want to bag on Daniel Jones, but he was bad yesterday. Even with the offensive line being so porous, you still can't explain away some of the mistakes that we saw. We talked about the bobbled snap on third down that made them settle for a field goal that eventually got blocked. The pick six wasn't his fault. Like the running back has got to hold on to the football. But nobody can explain away the interception that he threw in the second quarter. It was first and ten. He's rolling out. Could have just easily tossed the ball away because he was outside of the pocket and yet decides to force it into triple coverage to Darren Waller? How do you explain away that mistake? That's an unforced error by your quarterback. Throw the ball away and live to fight another down. Those are the types of plays I'm talking about that $40 million a year quarterbacks can't make. It is time now. Okay. All right, really, really quickly. Yes. There, well, first of all, do you feel better? I, I do. I'm trying to get to you here. Oh, that's okay. You're, you're not getting to you. Uh, but, but I'm just kind of surprised that after they got absolutely beat down last night, the Giants fans are making apologies for anything. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I like maybe don't today under, is not that day. Under, I don't <laughs> understand. Don't apologize for a quarterback that got a $160 million co- contract that had three turnovers last night. Let's, like, let's not do that. You okay. can't just let Blink-182 sit there. you got to play okay, off okay, of Blink-182. Okay. Okay, Let's, go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All the small things. Well, before – oh, a little music underneath. But before we get to some more NFL stories, we need to do a check-in, an emotional check. We just had an emotional check-in from CeCe to see how he's feeling. Nuno, our great producer, Giants fan, I don't think he's making any apologies for Daniel Jones today because he has to wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey, a different Dallas Cowboys jersey, every hour on the hour. So, Nuno, can we get an emotional check-in from you, my friend? Uh, how do you go to Duke and you and you just pull off something so dumb, CC, that Daniel Jones, like, yeah, I'm done. I'm on a Witten jersey. The worst part of this, or a good part, is that all these jerseys are huge, so they look like, I don't even know, like it's horrendous. you got to burn these after we're done. Wait, no, no. Yeah. For our TV audience on ESPNU and those watching on the ESPN app, can you go a little bit closer to the door so we can see the 90 yeah, back version up. of it? Do a proper fit check. Give yeah. us a twirl. Let's yeah. see. So it's like Slay. it's below Pose, the waist. His, yeah, his jersey's below the waist. <laughs> it looks like a dress. <laughs> it really does. It really does. There we go. All right, oh, Smalls. Man. All right, let's move it around. So we always talk about rookie quarterbacks, and rightfully so, but I want to kick this off by giving flowers to Zay Flowers of the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. A great debut from him. He brought a 9 of 10 target, 78 yards. He rushed twice for 9 yards in the Ravens' win over the Texans. And even though they got some disappointing news with J.K. Dobbins and that torn Achilles, he's out for the season. I think another positive thing for the Ravens and their fans after yesterday is that Zay Flowers looked like he can be a major piece in Todd Munkin's offense. A good connection with Lamar Jackson yesterday thoughts uh it's interesting now that we're looking at the ravens with weapons for so long it was well they don't have the weapons it was just mark andrews who didn't play yesterday odell zay flowers they're obviously gonna you know figure out a way of improving the running back position with the injury now to dobbins or at least attempting to lamar jackson has never made excuses but there are certainly no excuses for him this year no excuses for him this year one of the things i thought was dangerous for lamar his ability to be able to pull the ball down and scramble you saw that yesterday with spreading out the formation 
how there were rush lanes for Lamar to take off if he didn't like what he saw. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a bigger theme for this Ravens offense moving forward. He's still going to run the ball. It's just going to look a lot different than it did in years past. A little other note on Flowers. He gained 54 yards after the catches was the second most in a rookie wide receiver's first career game since Rondale Moore in 2020. All right, let's spin it over to the NFC North. We've talked a lot today about the Bears and the Packers. We talked a lot on Friday about the Lions. Let's revisit the Minnesota Vikings. Has the carriage turned into a pumpkin, guys. They won 13 games last season. We know 11 of them won score games. They couldn't close a close game out in the playoffs, and then the Magic seemed evaporated yesterday in the opener versus Tampa Bay. Kirk Cousins turning the ball over three times. Jay Ward jumping offsides on that Bucks field goal. You can see Kirk Cousins upset on the sidelines. It feels like this could be one of those seasons that's rough for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, when you win that many close games in one year, it always evens itself out in the next year. He's on the final year of his deal. I truly believe that when San Francisco freed up all the space they freed up, I thought part of it was maybe thinking if Brock Purdy wasn't that dude, getting Kirk Cousins and reuniting him with Kyle Shanahan, as we've heard rumors about forever, Purdy is that dude right now. I've been on this all offseason. I think they're an under team. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think they overachieved last year. I think they underachieved this year. I think Kirk Cousins is on another team next year, and he could be on another team as early as this year before the deadline. I'm just wondering what the hell Kevin O'Connell told these guys at halftime. Because, I mean, (laughs) up until halftime, things was great. It was all good in the first half. Kirk Cousins threw for 273 yards in the first half. I'm looking at Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, who had a touchdown grab yesterday, and TJ Hawkinson. And I'm thinking in my mind, how in the world are you going to stop this passing attack? Well, seems like the Tampa Bay defense and Todd Bowles figured it out in the second half because they shut the faucet off. So – I'm not going to jump ship on the Minnesota Vikings just yet because they do have the potential to look as good as we saw them in the first half. I'm just surprised that the floor could be as bad as it was with the weapons that Kirk has to work with in the second half. Absolutely. That was abysmal. Well, somebody who looked great yesterday, Brock Purdy. We didn't know what he was going to look like after he spent months rehabbing that surgically repaired elbow. The San Francisco 49ers absolutely working the Steelers 30-7 to yesterday. Brock Purdy looking precise. He looked great. He threw for 220 yards, a pair of touchdowns to Brandon Ayuk. Both of those, by the way, with Patrick Peterson covering him. Now, this is important because prior to the game, Patrick Peterson said, eh, I respect Brock Purdy's play, but I'm going to get an interception off him. I'm going to find a way to get my hands on the ball. Didn't happen. Wrong answer. Brock Purdy making a statement, and we like to be petty here on this show, so I just wanted to to show Brock Purdy being a little petty, and rightfully so, after the San Francisco 49ers big win. Here's what it sounded like. The second touchdown on the right side, the the deep ball. Was that on Patrick Peterson? Yeah, and that one, I was like, all right, that that felt good. (laughs) But uh, it was was good, man. He's a competitor. I have nothing but respect for Patrick Peterson and, and everything that he does, so. Oh, I have respect for him. Do you like how you try to play dumb? Oh, was that on Patrick Peter? You know exactly who that was on. This was so intentional. I love that Brock Purdy has a little bit of petty in him. You know, Smalls, as you just played that, I realized I don't know if I knew what Brock Purdy sounded like. <laughs> Seriously, it's like you know, Brock Purdy and Jordan Love, I think both have been intentionally quiet, which is really smart. I don't remember anything Brock Purdy said ever in his life, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. But you know who's giving Brock Purdy his flowers today? Brandon Ayuk. You know why? Brandon Ayuk is in the final year of his rookie deal. (laughs) And I've always said this, nothing motivates a player more than fresh cash or the prospects of getting fresh cash. And that is where Brandon Ayuk is this year because of the day that that dude was able to put up, as you mentioned, Smallman, a lot of production, going up against one of 
an, this generation's best corners in Patrick Peterson. Absolutely. Eight for 129 and two touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. So this is a show that likes to hold people accountable, including ourselves. CC opened the show saying I was wrong about the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. We just played Patrick Peterson, uh, or excuse me, Brock Purdy holding Patrick Peterson accountable. How about Jamar Chase? So the Bengals getting beat by the Browns 24-3 to yesterday. And prior to the game, Jamar Chase had something to say about the Browns. Here's what it sounded like. It's frustrating because I called the ass. We just lost as an L, so I'm pissed on my part. I'm not. I'm pissed on Aaron Adding. Um, like I said, man, we got missed opportunities. We didn't capitalize on that, shit, and we lost. So that's how we lost. With that said, you went to the Super Bowl two years ago with the AFC Championship last year. You didn't beat Cleveland up here both both years. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? This one game. Yeah, I guess. I mean. Holding I it on me. Know. I'm holding it on me. I'm not doing all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do my part and do what I can do for the team. Um, so I'm pissed at it. Love stuff. So Jamar Chase calling the Browns elves. The Browns go out and beat them. And I want to spin this forward, guys, to Jim Schwartz's impact on the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense was amazing yesterday. They were so disruptive. Joe Burrow, 14 of 31, 82 yards. They sacked him twice. He finished with just a 52.2 passer rating yesterday. So I just really want to give some flowers to Jim Jim Schwartz, excuse me, who's really making his imprint on that Browns' defense. I've always liked him. I thought he got – I thought he was a better head coach than people remember him as. But I want to just out – myself on you talking about accountability i have not seen the movie elf <laughs> excuse me what my wife you and have kids, kids have seen it yeah my, my son loves, loves Some it of will ferrell's best work I by the way buddy the elf you sit course. on a throne of lies yeah. you don't know these quotes what you sit on a throne of lies huh <laughs> that, that, exactly that's i know a, you're from where that, that, that's a problem just like the browns defensive front because those guys got after it you said two sacks 10 quarterback hits by the browns defensive fronts Four by Zadarius Smith, which was a sneaky big offseason addition around the NFL. That guy, opposite of Miles Garrett, those two are going to do some damage. I think the Elves thing is interesting, double, doubling down on it, right? It's one thing to do it in, in, before the game, and now you lost, and that you're saying, oh, we lost to a bunch of Elves. It's very interesting <laughs> that he still did that. I guess I give him credit for continuing the bit. Yeah, but it's a choice for the Cleveland Browns to go with that as their midfield logo, though. Like, like, let's, let's, it is that, a choice. Jamar, choice what, Jamar Chase wasn't wrong for calling it out. Like You could go with an actual bulldog, or you can go with an elf, and you chose the elf, and you're an NFL team? It doesn't really feel Highly intimidating. Highly questionable. doesn't feel intimidating. Uh, they won. That's all that matters. They That's won 24-3. Yeah. I saw a bunch of Bengals fans on social media yesterday saying, well, you know what? It looks like maybe they should play in the postseason at some point. Maybe that should actually happen at some point that because they did not do that obvious uh, preseason excuse me yeah they did not do that for this preseason all right uh coming up my mvp choice didn't get off to just a good start he got off to a great start we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Smalls, Miss Health during the break was teaching us about cacao. What, what was cacao, it? Cacao. 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 I thought, cacao. I thought I'm like, you mean cocoa? Like cocoa? Yeah, it's something. It's going along that way, right? That line, I don't know the. The difference You've heard between, of the word cacao? I've I, heard of the word cacao. I've never heard of that until just now. It's it's yeah, it's it's kind of like cocoa, right? So like it's the, the unaltered whole seeds of the cacao fruit. So it's the, basically like the base of chocolate. Okay. It's the good part of it. Okay. It's good for your blood. Heart healthy. And then so, she was trying to sound sounds real fancy. <laughs> Real she, rich over there, Smalls. Real rich. She was then trying to say that dark chocolate is healthy for if you. If I'm eating chocolate, I'm not trying to be healthy. That's what I'm that's, saying. That, that's the point, right? It's just what? like red wine, heart healthy. Yeah, but you drinking red wine to be heart healthy? Sure. No. Absolutely, <laughs> no, you're not. I'm, no, I'm not. drinking red wine to get to my cruising altitude. Yeah, I mean. Period. Yeah, but Small. doesn't it make you feel better to know that you're also helping your heart in yeah, process? Yeah, maybe one or two glasses, not the whole bottle. No, it's all in moderation, everybody. <laughs> all in moderation. Smalls' weekends. I'm, I'm just so <laughs> fast. I could spend all four hours dissecting Smalls' weekends from literally a fashion show, New York Fashion Week, mm-hmm. like this, like, highfalutin fashion show that nobody could get into to sitting at sports bars watching college football in the NFL. I mean, that's amazing. With Danny Cannell, our friend Danny Cannell. Yeah, with our friend Danny. She's, she's yeah, very I mean, versatile. She's a five-tool player. She's yeah. got that's it right. all in her bag. Yeah. You get you a girl that could do both. There you go. I'm not trying to get you in no, that. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just saying. By the way, speaking of getting you girls. We could go with the Bachelorette, though. <laughs> well, for her fandom. Unsportsmanlike edition. For her fandom, for her NFL fandom. Absolutely. By the way, speaking of females and significant others. So CeCe has mentioned that his wife works for Google slash YouTube. Yes. Maybe the best – I was going to hype up Trevor Lawrence and how great I thought he played at times this weekend. Maybe the best, the most sportsmanlike thing of the weekend, that Sunday ticket on YouTube yeah, was buddy. awesome. It was so good. Like within one minute, I'm like, okay, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I, the, I was, quad box, the quad box. The, box I mean, it was the awesome. quad box. Great. And here's the thing. Like you couldn't actually put the games in the quad box – but they had so many different machinations of the quad box yes. that you could find the the box that got the games that you wanted to see all on the same screen. And the fact that they roped in the red zone in the quad box is next level. I don't know how we didn't think of this beforehand right. or how I was watching football before this innovation with YouTube, but like this is this is game changing. I was thinking to myself with the remote in my hand and the quad box up flipping games. No one man should have all this power. It was too much power for one person to have. Yeah. It was that special, like being able to get to the games, get to the big plays. I, I didn't miss anything on Football Sunday yesterday. And that's saying a lot when you got 14 games on the slate. I also loved when you're watching in the quad box on the iPad that you can swipe over and it has all the other scores and you can get the stats in real time too. Yes. It has everything it has you everything want you're right there. For. It's amazing. The only almost knock is that you can't pick your games. But if they hear that enough, I bet you that they just switch it. But you can pick your games. But you the just combination. Gotta, you just got to find the box that has the combination. So that 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 part of it is a little bit 
in the weeds. You got to find the box that has the games that you want to watch. But I mean that. I mean, I couldn't think of a better user experience for watching football games than what I got yesterday from well, YouTube. You have to be able to pick. It's like when you go into the, the Chinese food special at lunch and you got the eight ninety nine chicken with broccoli. You pick the either the soup or the egg roll, right? Yep. Now I would pick both. I'd want the soup and the egg roll, and that's what I'm saying with the, with the boxes. I want to make sure I can pick the soup and the egg roll and the rice alongside of it. All right, let's get some quick hits here. I'm going to do an impromptu little run EMC. I'm going to throw things at you, Evan, Michelle, and Chris. I'll throw things at you here, run EMC style, just quick hitters on the NFL. Trevor Lawrence was my preseason MVP pick. Did he look like it yesterday? I say yes, CC. I say yes. Absolutely yes. I say yes. Okay, we all say yes. Yeah. I say that Russell Wilson would be a top three in the MVP. Let me tell you what ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yes. Part. No. No. He wasn't not, bad. Not tar- He wasn't good either. He wasn't bad. Okay, is that the bar for a, That's four- a, win. For a forty-eight and a half million dollar quarterback? When you target your running backs as much as you do your wide receivers, I'm sorry, that is not the goal. That's not the objective. When you average four point one air yards per attempt, you're not gonna win a lot of football games that way, boss. Especially in the division that they play in. Smalls, over to you. I'm ignoring that. That didn't happen just now. Well, let's just let's let's go to the tape. Let's go to the numbers, guys. 27 of 34, 177 yards, 6.6 yards per completion. Okay, yeah, they he had a good start. I mean, I'm just saying, like he was. It wasn't than, good. I, I don't well, know what you, know. you guys were. Watching. It wasn't good. Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception inside the five yard line and still won the game. That shouldn't be possible. We move on. Um, <laughs> I feel like Brian Gumble, real sports. Shout out to him, by the way. That show's ending after 30 years. Let's move on. Um, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill, a guy that you and I, CC, never thought should have been a starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans if they wanted to be legit this year. Well, they put up a whopping 15 points. How is he still the quarterback of the Titans? I don't know, but his QBR was 10 yesterday. 10. I, 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 you never see numbers like that from quarterbacks in today's game, but that's how bad Ryan Tannehill was. Credit where credit is due. That Saints defense is legit. We said it would be coming into the season. Yeah. But no longer can Derrick Henry mask the ills of the quarterback spot down there in Tennessee. And so Ryan Tannehill is going to have to do more, or otherwise I could see Mike Vrabel turning it over to Malik Willis and or Will Levis. Yeah, three interceptions. I was wondering watching some of that yesterday, how long is the leash? If this continues, how long do you think the runway is for Ryan Tannehill to turn it around? Not very long. I don't think so Not either. Not very long. Well, they don't have – I mean, they have young options, but they don't necessarily like their run young options because Malik Willis was not ready to play last year. Well, and that's the scary part Which about – Which is not his fault. No, but that's the scary part if you're, in, if you're in Tennessee right now. The best two quarterbacks in the division played in the same game yesterday, that being Trevor Lawrence and Anthony Richardson. He looked better exponentially than what we got from Ryan Tannehill or C.J. Stroud. So if you're Mike Vrabel, you have to think about the future at the quarterback spot. If for no other reason, get answers on those young guys on your roster to figure out if they are the answer or if you got to find that in 2024. Okay, so let's talk about the Rams and the Seahawks yesterday because that was a surprising result, right? Oh, yeah. The Rams 30-13, to the great station ESPN LA, 7-10, all pumped up today because of the fact that the Rams destroyed them 30 to 13 Rams for real all of a sudden? No, the Rams aren't for real. I'm going to explain to you exactly what happened. Both tackles for the Seattle Seahawks got injured in the third quarter, not to mention Tyler Lockett, and the offense couldn't get any first downs. I want to say they had 12 yards of offense and one first down in the second half. 
Yeah, that happens when you lose both your starting tackles. You dominate time of possession. The Rams held the ball for 24 minutes in the second half. Your defense is going to get tired, and that's why you saw the offensive explosion by Matt Stafford and company. This wasn't about the Rams. This was about the injuries to the Seahawks. The Rams are still a team that's closer to the bottom than the top in the NFC West. (sighs) I thought they were going to be bad. This is St. Louis native <laughs> Michelle Smallman. No who Cooper doesn't Cup, like, no Kyra like Williams, no Cam Akers. Did not expect this, let me tell you. It's like that. That's just the way it is with Run EMC. Coming up, did Tua prove the Dolphins made the right decision in drafting him over Herbert? We'll get to that next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPN. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.